Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Scott Hall. Rest in peace, bad guy. Mark's Podcast, WrestleMania Edition, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always, he is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia, and the brother Nero to my broken mat. Brother Gregorio, I knew you would come. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? Oh, that was new. (laughs) (laughs) I, had uh, in I didn't there. see that coming. I thought you were yeah. going to go Billy and Chuck. I'm not going to lie. Oh, God. I'd... Man, today we're talking about one of my favorite WrestleManias in history, WrestleMania X8. I enjoyed rewatching this one. I want to uh, just say right off the top, by the way, I honestly forgot how great this one was. I did, too. I really did. Going into it, yeah. I thought this was a one, maybe two match show. Nope. And and yeah, I mean, it was it was one of them where it's like there wasn't anyone um, there wasn't. OK, there were a couple matches on the show that were like, wow, but there wasn't anything uh, where it was like, oh, man, five star after five star after five star. But they were all really good. But I mean, a couple of three after three after three. I'll tell you that. Right. So, I mean, this this was just really fun to watch. So and I like to watch. Uh, now shirt over at our Redbubble store or uh, in our bonfire store as well. Go check that out. Uh, linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Check out all of our merch. It has a VHS tape on it. So, you know, there you go. And for any kid that doesn't know what a VHS tape is, you've never seen this event before. So this ask, is new for ask you. Ask Big Brother. Yeah, right. I want to say, don't hold me to this. This was the last VHS WrestleMania. I could be wrong. Uh, I feel like it was. Uh, yeah. 2002? I know 17 had one yeah. for sure because I owned it. Wow. Um, 
I owned the video game for this one for GameCube. I don't know. I, I did not. I don't know. Oh, I didn't get a GameCube yet. Oh, I jumped okay. on GameCube, and I think uh, Day of Reckoning was the game. I, I got actually game. bought that one. Now that's a freaking classic. That's the last game to feel like the old uh, 64 games. Yeah, it was it was it was really good. Uh, I I rented it quite a bit back when you could rent video games. Uh, oh, that- this. <laughs> yeah, another thing you'll have to ask Big Brother about. Uh, but. This one, the the video game, was actually the reason why I wanted a GameCube. So I got a package deal. My parents got me the the GameCube and the video game of WrestleMania X8 all in one for my birthday. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And I just played the crap out of it all the time. So. And you own Mario Kart Double Dash, right? Uh, no, I don't think I owned any Mario well, games, actually. No, I just lost respect for you. Anyways. I, I don't think I owned a single Mario game for... for uh, How the hell do you do that? I had Luigi's Mansion. No, I don't count. Well, real quick, we're going to, because there's a lot of news and notes to get into, so we're going to pause here. To let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all your officially licensed sports gear with Fanatics at Fanatics.com. The link is down in the podcast description to click on, and when you go to check out, just let them know that the main event, Marks, and Burns sent you. Also, we're sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big-brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENTMARKS. It is all one word or 15% off your order. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. Now you can get the link at linktr.ee forward slash MAINEVENTMARKS. And if you follow our YouTube, we are expanding our content. Not only do we have the Main Event Marks podcast where we cover wrestling, but now we are expanding to other sorts of media. We have Marks on Games where we talk about games past, present, and future. Video games from all systems, be it Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo. Some computer games as well. We got Marks on Movies where we're going to cover past, present, and future films, and marks on television, where we do the same with TV shows, streaming shows, and whatnot. We talk about past, present, and future there as well with TV. Like I said, follow us on uh, YouTube. You click that subscribe button. That would greatly help us out. We're posting new content almost daily, and you can also keep up with our wrestling figure hunts that we do uh, at least once a week, sometimes more. Check us out on youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. And you can listen on Burns every single Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And we are played live there on tikilive.com forward slash channel forward slash Burns. Burns is a brand new unhinged sports radio network, and it stands for Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. We go live every single Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on TikiLive.com forward slash channel forward slash Burns. That is Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on TikiLive.com forward slash channel forward slash B-U-R-N-S. But all right, now we're going to take our first break of the podcast. When we come back on the other end, we're going to be covering the news and notes from March of 2002. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. 
Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team otherwise known as the main event marks the one and only greg superfly greg he was on and he was talking about his love of the game so you might want to come over and check that episode out if you like what you hear you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from phf athletes espn personalities fathers of nhl players and a whole lot more come by follow the show give a like give a subscribe and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. News and notes time. Going into WrestleMania 18, a cloud of uncertainty hangs over the WWF, while the return of the NWO managed to spike a big buy rate for No Way Out, and Rock and Hogan is probably going to be huge for Mania buy rates. It oh. hasn't <laughs> it hasn't really affected TV ratings in any meaningful way. This is the big part of the year uh, that doesn't bode well for the usual decline in business that always comes after WrestleMania. Wow. <sighs> I mean, I mean, I don't think it did. I mean, not for a, a few years. I mean, and I can't fully blame it on anything WWE did. It was just the changing times, changing. I just like TV. how he throws in the word. I like how he throws in the word the usual decline and then talks crap about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, man. My kids being bad as usual. I'm shocked. I don't understand yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I've never paid attention to buy or to a TV rating um, patterns or any of that crap. So I have no idea, but I don't know. I, I think they would be fine, but that's just me. And then, you know, no, I, also, I mean, like I said, I think we've actually said this too. I think we said it yesterday. I don't think yeah. ratings matter worth a damn anymore at all. You yeah. really don't. Like, yeah, I mean, with the changing of everything, uh, ratings don't matter anywhere near what they used to. It's like they matter a bit. It's more about the demographic. But even then, I don't know. It, it, it's more about how many sponsorships can you bring in. Well, I read a study, too, that most um, advertising. I don't know if it's true, okay, because you know, I read on the Internet. Which, oh, I guess it is true. You can't put nothing on there. It's not true. Exactly. But apparently, people are more into buying ads on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and stuff than they are TV. Yeah. So it tells me a lot, too, that people know eh, TV may not be the number one thing anymore. Oh. Well, Again, I don't know. It's, I'm, not a, I'm not a pro. I just play one on the pod. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. I, mean, I heard, like, the whole social media as far as advertising is going, is taking over. Which I get because everyone's on social media. It's in your damn the palm of your hand at any given time. Why wouldn't you want that over TV? You have to sit down and waste your time. That's yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't scroll my timeline without seeing a damn advertisement or something. Like, why would I want this at all? Why are you showing me this? I but, think The Walking Dead is the is? only. I think The Walking Dead is the only thing that I usually walk or watch live. Everything else I watch on delay and zip through the commercials. So. Most commercials, like when people mention commercials to me, I'm like, I've never seen it. Yep. Again, unless unless it's like an ad on YouTube as well, like an and I watch, ad. I, yeah, and I watch most wrestling via because I because I live in the um, the West Coast, so you know everything's on East Coast time. So I watch all my wrestling through Comcast app. Hmm. The reason I point that out is because I don't get a lot of local ads. You know, when you're watching that, it's a national channel per se, and yeah. all I'm getting is like national things that you and everyone else would see. Yeah, I've got that with uh, – there were a few times I watched things on, like, uh, I found British feeds and or UK feeds, whatever, and it would be all, like, UK products and shows and right. stuff that I, I could never get. So, Well, continuing on, Uncle Dave said that there's never in the past been a WrestleMania where the world title match had so little buzz going into it. Chris Jericho as the WWF champion has been rendered oh. completely secondary. I, I might argue Diesel and Sean are something to 11. Mm, yeah, there's yeah, there's that too. Uh, but uh, Chris Jericho's the WWF champion has been rendered completely secondary to the Triple H Stephanie McMahon feud. But as of now, the match is still expected to go on last, even though all the advertising and mainstream publicity for the show is built around the Rock Hogan match. Even Steve don't worry Austin, though, at the end, spoiler alert: Hogan still did pose. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, even Steve Austin, the biggest pay-per-view draw in company history for the last four years isn't being heavily featured in the promotion of the show. The NWO angle is pretty mu- has pretty much been seen internally as a flop, and there's not much further for them to, uh, to go as a group after the show. After Mania is the brand split, which in theory could freshen things up and lead to some developmental stars being called up. But Austin and Rock are supposed to anchor each show respectively, and Rock is expected to take a few months off this summer to film another movie, The Rundown. So that's going to hurt the star power on whatever show he ends up on. They would call him a developmental guy. He might go on to do something. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I'm, I'm thinking of I had to think for a second. I'm like, wait, which one is? Like, oh, yeah, because 
when I think of uh, a developmental guy being called up to, uh, you know, break into superstardom, the first one, honestly, that popped in my head was John Cena, but that's still that's another year or two away. away. Oh, a couple months. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, well, the plan for now, and it could always change, is that the brand split will... And they finally... will. <laughs> the, the brand split will finally take place on the March 25th Raw. That's the week after WrestleMania. It was originally supposed to be the very next night, but they once again pushed it back a week. So that's where we stand as of now. Promotional p- material for the Backlash pay-per-view is already out and references Vince owning Raw and Flair owning SmackDown. Funny enough, it ends um, up going the other way. Yeah. Uh, split house shows are already oh. scheduled for April. So plans changed. Of course. Hashtag plans changed, Greg. You, you know how it goes. Uh, I don't remember. Is is that actually when the brand split took place? Yeah. They announced okay. it the next night or the next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that was a big deal. When I was a kid, I was like, wow, it's kind of cool and weird all at the same time. Like, I, I never got to see anything like that before, so I liked it. I always like when they do the brand split stuff and actually stick to it, so... Either way, uh, apparently during his comeback house show match with Rikishi in Tampa last week, Hulk Hogan broke a rib. He tried to keep it secret from everyone, but they found out. This would explain why at the end of his match, he's holding his ribs the entire time. I thought it happened during the match. Okay. Yeah, he probably heard it again. But yeah, I, uh, I had no idea because I was like, man, he's just like nonstop holding that rib. And it seems like he's doing more than just selling. And yep, he broke a rib. Oh, I did not know that. Either way, uh, Kevin Ash and Scott Hall are pushing hard for X-Pac to be included in the NWO. Most people in the company, <laughs> most people in the company figure it's inevitable, and it will happen because Nash is pretty much undefeated in backstage political battles. It does happen, just it'll be a little while. And it will only f- last a little while. <laughs> yeah, right. When does he actually join? Uh, was it right uh, a week or two after the, the draft, I believe? Okay. It happens on SmackDown, I want to say. Or maybe before the trap, actually. Yeah, actually, I was you know say, what? Yeah. I, think about it. I think it happens right after WrestleMania on that Friday. Okay. Or Thursday. Because yeah, I, yeah. I remember you telling me if, if everybody goes back to. We did a bonus show on the NWO and WWE. We actually talk about that. And uh, you mentioned you thought it was really lame that they, uh, they drafted the entire NWO as like a package deal. And you were yeah. like, oh, so they're just another group on the roster now pretty much you know kind of negates the whole point yeah right they're not taking over they're not injecting poison they're just kind of there oh man this one <laughs> scott, scott steiner's uh, wwf physical showed several health issues that still need to be addressed before they sign him the deal isn't dead yet and steiner could still come in eventually but that's a situation right now Eh, what are we in March? He would in uh, 11 months. Or, sorry, eight months. Yeah. And he does have health issues. I mean, you can tell by the way he moves, plus the fact that he's so freaking huge. So. It's his own fault. Oh, yeah. The drop foot, I don't know where that came from. That that one kind of sucked. Uh, obviously, Finley's came from uh, that hardcore match in WCW he had, where he, like, yeah, severed his tendon uh, or something. Yeah, the infamous uh, junkyard, right? Oh, yeah, that might have been it. Yeah, that, good Lord. Of all the places to, you know, he didn't end his career, obviously, but he... I feel like it was a metaphor. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it led to him eventually having to retire because I think he just couldn't do it anymore. It was getting to him too much. So I don't blame him. WWF had reached out to both Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, talking to them about coming in for the new cruiserweight division. Eddie's been busting his ass on the indies in hopes of getting rehired. Ray, however, has been working in Puerto Rico as of late. Yeah, they're both going to be there. But then Eddie within a week or two after WrestleMania. Oh, okay. And Ray in July. Yeah, I actually had another story about uh, Eddie outside of WWF here coming up. But uh, yeah, I knew Ray was going to pop up here within a few months because he was in the opening match at SummerSlam, which was amazing. Anybody hasn't gone back and seen that full card yeah right yeah it was one of the greatest summer slams of all time in our opinion so <laughs> this one kind of setting up something that's going to happen uh a little over a decade later there's a divas special airing on upn this week and if it does strong ratings upn is interested in doing a whole diva series oh yay yeah well, it doesn't happen. Apparently, the plan was to for, for the whole. Yeah. Apparently, the whole thing was supposed to center around Sable, which I mean, of course it was. Who else was gonna, you know, get it? But yeah, it. I don't think it did anything. Obviously, it didn't go anywhere. Yikes. Shock. I mean, that just. I, I know, right? And these next two stories about WWE are about uh, some people talking crap, and no, it's not Uncle Dave. First one. Stay tuned. That's coming again. Oh, of course. First one here out of Japan. Antonio Inoki told the media that he hated what the WWF had become and expected that their new show in Japan would be a flop. He specifically talked about the Vince McMahon kiss my ass club angle with Jim Ross and William Regal kissing Vince's ass. He said that sort of product would never get over in Japan and thus the show would be a failure. It ended up that the show turned out to be a huge success. Yeah, you only so, get that over yeah. in Japan because you got guys running around adult diapers and stuff throwing each other out of a ring. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Um. Look, I don't think it was around at this time, but there was a DDT promotion over there that was successful, and they did the goofiest crap. That's actually the promotion where Kenny Omega faced a blow-up doll and a little girl. So. You mean the sex doll and Rito, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I know the uh, immature, but I can't help but laugh when I hear, oh, the guy that wrestled the sex doll. <laughs> And it wasn't. It was just a blow-up doll. <laughs> yep. And he's doing, like, Zangief's moves to him and crap. Good lord. The sex doll. <laughs> Sad. Oh, man. But, yeah. I try not to remember that crap. Did they confirm but, that was Rico, by the way? I don't think they actually did, uh, for sure, but I wouldn't doubt that it was her. Uh, this next one, out of Canada, not Japan. Vince McMahon did an interview Speaking with Omega. Well, uh, yeah, uh, Vince McMahon did an interview with the Toronto Sun and spoke about the failed negotiations to bring in Bret Hart for WrestleMania. Vince said, "Quote: One of the public things that my character says is that I always do everything I do for the WWF fans. The reality of it is that is the case. Despite the way I would feel personally about someone, if it's the right business thing to do, I'll do it for the audience." So when we started recording this, I literally heard him say those words verbally. Yeah, right. (laughs) 
And uh, and he said, so I went through the right diplomatic channels to invite Brett. And quite frankly, I thought it was on a confidential basis and agreed that it would uh, that it would be. Unfortunately, I, like a few other people, read this diet, his diatribe in the Calgary Sun, end quote. So Uncle Dave clarifies, he says that Hart did keep the negotiations quiet while the negotiations were going on. But once they broke off, there was no reason to keep quiet anymore. Or so Brett thought, which is why Brett wrote all about them in his Calgary Sun article. <sighs> I don't know if I if I like that, man. <laughs> kind of dirty fool, but yeah, I, would you expect anything else? I mean, I love Bret Hart, but come on. And uh, well, besides that, uh, Hart apparently wanted the rights to his photos and footage of his matches, but Vince didn't want to give that to him. He said that it would set a precedent for wrestlers leaving the company wanting the same rights. Yeah, you don't say. Yeah, that's uh, now we have NFTs, which are along the same lines. Right. (laughs) I think that's a stupid ask. I just think that's super unrealistic. Like, come on. Could have Uh, at least say, can I have rights to show it instead of owning it? That would have been easier, right? Even then. Yeah. They said, um. We see in the interview, Vince called Hart a crybaby and said that he's in need of psychological help. Yikes. Well, I've seen some of his interviews. Yeah. I look, yeah, I'm not saying he's wrong per se. It's just like a little, little stiff. When the reporter pushed back, Vince got defensive and went off on the reporter. He said that Hart has his own agenda and the reporter does too. Canadians, am I right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you act all polite and everything, but when you ask you to pass the syrup, then you get all, all you know, with your panties in a bunch, and I just can't deal with that. Perhaps. <laughs> I didn't say uh, it. Here's, I, I, I got the death in the middle here, but I don't know if you'll know who this person is. Former Memphis area wrestler, The Dream Machine, passed away from a heart attack at the age of 47. Uncle Dave said that he was possibly the greatest talker of the last 25 years who never made it big nationally. He recaps his career in the 70s and 80s with lots of quotes from Jim Cornette and Jimmy Hart. Yeah, I don't know if you know who the Dream Machine was or you ever heard of I him. Never heard of him. He, uh, for anybody out there, he basically, I don't know what his real name was, but he was brought in as like, he, he wore a mask and he did a really good Dusty Rhodes impression. And he was roughly the same size as Dusty. So it was almost like, is it really Dusty under the mask or is it somebody pretending to be him? And everybody's like, yeah, it's not really Dusty Rhodes. But he got over fairly well, so they just kept the gimmick. And he did all, I think he did all of Dusty's moves and all that, so it was like a rip-off character. Oh, lovely. So Uncle Dave thought the guy who's rip-off deserved more. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I've never heard any of his promos, so I don't know. Oh, Meltzer's praising them. They probably sucked. Wow. Uh, Who thinks that Matt, Matt Jackson can talk, dude? I ain't touching that one. I don't know. I uh, speaking of uh, Memphis, well, huh, you know, Jerry Jarrett is actually planning a new promotion with his idea of doing 9.95 weekly uh, pay-per-view shows. That's nine dollars oh, that ninety-five cents, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Jerry and his son Jeff are now both fully involved with this, with the idea that they would be co-owners. Despite rumors, Jerry has denied that Vince Russo is involved in the company, but others are saying that he'll write for them secretly. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, about that. 
uh, Time Warner executives only agreed to represent Russo in his lawsuit with Hulk Hogan if he doesn't work for any other wrestling company, so he can't openly work for any other wrestling company. Uh, the idea seems to be to run about 26 shows per year. Uh, I'm going to stop there real quick about the Vince Russo thing. I'm wondering if that is like – that can't possibly be true because he pops up almost instantly in TNA. Uh, yeah, so. I feel like – I don't know, maybe within the first couple of weeks. Yeah, so I mean unless there was like a time limit on it. So why would that be a why would that be a condition? Well, we'll we'll only help you out here if you agree never to be in wrestling ever again. Like a conflict of interest, I guess. That doesn't make any sense cuz it's like they don't have a wrestling company anymore. They weren't going to have a wrestling company anymore. So why would they care if he goes to work for, you know, I don't know, WWE or sure, whatever they have. Bunch of stuff we don't realize. <laughs> yeah. And Bruce Prichard, I I don't remember when. I think it was between here and uh, yeah, it was between here and the opening of TNA. I want to say that they actually brought Russo in because I remember uh, as like a trial run because Pritchard said he remembers he sat down and this was like right after WrestleMania and he's like, bro, I got all these ideas. Like, bro, uh, we're gonna have Triple H feud with Chris Jericho, bro. And he's like, that was literally the main event program at WrestleMania. <laughs> and, and, and he said his other bright idea was to, bro, we're, we're going to hold tournaments for all the titles, bro. And he's like, you mean what you did in WCW? <laughs> like, he said he was just, like, bankrupt of ideas. I was like, yeah, don't say. So, so it sounds like he just carries over the exact same ideas. Yep. He he's knows, got like, one idea, and this is what we're doing. Yeah. He's got, like, a, I think he's got, like, a Rolodex of, like, the smallest Rolodex of all time, by the way. Oh, like, five ideas, and he just goes through them repeatedly. It's like, um, do you know who Jerry Bruckheimer is, the director? Yeah. It's like his Rolodex of movies is Love Story, Stuff Explodes, Sappy Love Song, Rinse and Repeat. Good Lord. Is it not? Uh, yeah. I was like. And I enjoy a lot of, don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting there crapping on the movies. I'm just saying that's how it is. Yeah, I get it. Well, the idea seems to be to run about 26 shows per year. In the meantime, the wrestlers would be allowed to work any other indies, but wouldn't be allowed to work pay-per-views or TV for anyone else. Problem here is that the WWA promotion is still trying to gain a foothold in America. They're also, they also want uh, to use a lot of the same talent, and Jeff Jarrett has involvement in both companies. Jeff is reportedly trying to work out an agreement where he can, uh, where they can all share stars and get along. Jarrett's new company is looking to sign a core group of names to build around. Jarrett is also uh, said to be interested in signing Scott Steiner, Eddie Guerrero, and Rey Mysterio for the new company. No, no, no. Yep. I mean, Scott Steiner would eventually go there. <laughs> uh, what, three three years from here? 2006, so four. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so woohoo. But yeah, no, Guerrero never goes there. Mysterio never goes there. Uh, WWA goes down the tubes. So, forgot about WWA. It, it, it was original like, GC. Was it GFC? What was it? Global Force GFW, right? It was the original. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, kind of. I, it wasn't. It, it was what formed after WCW died, and they just hired all the out of work WCW guys and the guys at WWF just fired. So, shouldn't that be a hint to you? It's already a failure when like. The big dog doesn't want them. Right. Um, I believe that. 
I believe this is the one where Road Dog was like a main event guy, which no disrespect to Road Dog, but yeah, are you ever, I know. Are you ever I'm gonna a put huge him? Fan of him. Not, like, not die hard, but like, huge fan of his. Yeah. But no. <laughs> and he was in a world title program. Like, uh, what? And Grandmaster Sexy was too. Not to speak ill of dead, but no. Oh, I know. It's. Uh, speaking of Eddie Guerrero, though, he debuted on the latest New Japan Pro Wrestling Tour, teaming with Minoru Tanaka and Black Tiger. That's interesting because several years ago, Guerrero portrayed the role of Black Tiger. This time, it was played by Silver King. Guerrero only works about 10 oh, shows. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. Black Tiger has to be Mexican. Uh, regular Tiger has to be Japanese. <laughs> uh, but Guerrero only works about 10 shows for New Japan on this tour, and then the WWF rehires him. And so, back yeah. then, you'd be stupid and not go, well, even nowadays, but... <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, I think uh his nose clean and all that and went on to be champion going to Hall of Fame. I think he made the right choice. Right. Well they said ever since he got fired, the only thing he did was like work to get back to the WWE. So I mean that makes sense. But anyway, that does it for that. Uh we're gonna take our next break. When we come back, we're gonna dive into the event itself. It's WrestleMania X eight. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared the room. Shared a room. We right. shared the room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Roadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at the broadcast. that's B-R-O. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. 
And we're back. We're back. It's WWF WrestleMania X8, a.k.a. WrestleMania 18. Took place March 17th, 2002. This one actually had three taglines, which I didn't know about. It's Icon versus Icon, the absolute best ever, and the one and only. <laughs> Nobody ever used those other two. Yeah, I was going to say, those other two, kind of lame. I'm like, really? Like, I only remember the Icon versus Icon one. It's like the one and only. Is is Billy Gunn on this card? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's he's the main event, Greg. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my title in for. Oh, yeah. Him and the Ass Boys. You know, Marquee, man. <laughs> anyway. That Ass and Marquee. Oh, well, damn, damn straight, man. But anyway, this took place uh, on uh, at the uh, Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The attendance sixty eight thousand two hundred thirty seven. That's uh, what was it really a though? Number. Yeah, well, I, I'm still waiting on Uncle Dave to to tell me what it really was. Well, you know, uh, I I have a hookup with a janitor at the arena that told me that yeah. it was actually. <laughs> I bet he did. Oh, good lord! Nothing wrong with that. What the hell? Yeah, but anyway, uh, the uh, that janitor's name was Kenny Omega, by the way. Uh, for the pay-per-view. Yeah, with the sixth all and the... Never mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, don't say the other one. Uh, but the pay-per-view by right I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say his finger, but... Well... I don't know what you're thinking about. <laughs> good Lord. Well, the pay-per-view buy rate for this was 1.68, which amounted to 860,000 buys. I assume you were one of them. Yes, I did actually buy this one. Ah, nice. Yeah, by this point, I think it by '02, I think scramblers were becoming a thing of the past, weren't they? I think maybe I don't know. I can't remember because I know obviously switching when, when everything switched to digital that completely killed a scrambler. But I I don't remember when exactly those actually became obsolete. But either way, the record-breaking attendance for for the Sky Dome of 68,237 grossed approximately 6.1 million dollars Canadian, which amounts to 3.9 million dollars US. Wow. I still got that a Canadian t- 20 when I went to Toronto. <laughs> well, you know what this tells me is that uh in 2002 our money was worth almost double what theirs was. That's nuts to think about. About enough. Uh, but Lillian Garcia starts the show by introducing us to Saliva, who performs Superstar. That song was actually on a Tiger Woods video game, oddly enough. That's the first time I heard it. Uh, and the song... This was an actual good performance at WrestleMania. But it became garbage. <laughs> right. Uh, the song was also uh, the theme song for Eminem when they were in OVW. So I don't know if you knew that. A uh, little trivia there for everybody out there. But after this, we get a play-up video for WrestleMania, and I got hyped right away. Opening match of the night was for the Intercontinental title. It's William Regal defending against Rob Van Dam. It went uh, just shy of six and a half minutes. This was RVD's first WrestleMania and the biggest crowd he ever wrestled in front of, to my knowledge. Uh, I like how Jim that out. He goes, he spent most of his career wrestling in arenas unlike this arena. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it an arena. a easy way of saying that. The arena, uh, arena was a dump. Yeah, well, he spent you know, he spent most of his career wrestling in bingo halls in South Philly. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I like always uh, feel the need to uh, plural that because there was literally just one. Yeah, well, I, I well, I'm wondering if they wrestled in other bingo halls in other areas. Kind of weird. 
Most likely, but they always say in Philly. Bingo yeah, halls in Philly. That's true. Uh, but this one's hot and heavy, not slowing down for over six minutes. Both men start bleeding from the mouth at one point. Rob Van Dam ends up winning with a bleed. <laughs> Lord. Uh, Rob Van Dam ends up winning with a five star frog splash. I said it was a fantastic opener. I did give it two and a half stars. Uncle Dave gave it two. What do you say? I gave it three. I love this match. Uh, one of my favorite parts is when Regal goes out and picks up the Nucks. And then Jerry Lord's like, look at this guy. He's so great. Think of trash around the ring. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, well, and, and Jim uh, Ross is like, yeah, he's really a neat freak. <laughs> during his announce, his uh, ring announcements, uh, Jerry Lawler was like, well, he didn't. They, they didn't mention his gift. He's like, what are you, <laughs> yeah. his, his gift of the brass knuckles? He's like, no, his, 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 uh, his punch. Power of the punch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the back, Lillian Garcia standing by with in Christian. She's standing by with Christian, who turned on DDP last week. He says that he used DDP and doesn't need him anymore. He also says that he used Toronto to become an international star, and then he moved to Florida. Now he's looking to become a champion of Europe. Most of that's true, actually. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But this one is Diamond Dallas Page defending the European title against Christian. Wasn't that title uh, done away with at the – was it at the end of this year or – in 2003 it's it's in the middle of this year in the middle of it okay yeah i think I RVD unifies it with the intercontinental mm-hmm. title yep i do remember that one and then a couple weeks later he unifies it with unifies the intercontinental title with the hardcore title I believe. <laughs> yeah, which was weird I'm just but, like get rid of them all yeah the right the rvd like, was three champions at once in there yeah right they just kept the, the the with with every win the intercontinental title grows strength <laughs> and then in a couple months they get rid of it completely <laughs> I, that was I thought that was stupid, but yeah, I was glad when they finally brought it back. But this goes about six minutes. I forgot that DDP was ever the European champion, by the way, and that he was announced from the Jersey Shore. I need to point out, by the way, that you said it went six minutes. Mm-hmm. That's literally a minute per day. This match had billed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They threw this together. I mean, it's in the clip package on the show. Christian yeah. turns on him on Raw six days prior. Oh, OK. Now the rest of WrestleMania. That makes sense. There were a couple things on the show where I was like, really? This is all you had for WrestleMania? Not that the matches were bad. It was just the buildup was kind of like, okay. Now, yeah, this match, this whole card was sold on one match, dude. Yeah, definitely. This is like a, like today, like a Canelo fight or something. Nobody cares about the undercard <laughs> stuff. Okay, please. Right. Put whatever the hell you want on there. It's already sold. I mean, that's my thinking. I could be wrong on that. but <laughs> I did say, I, I did say this honestly wasn't very good. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. Uh, DDP's overness seemed to be fading quite a bit by this point, and he's been there less than a year. And he's uh, getting ready to leave, by the way. That's retired, I believe. And this like, was the TNA. A couple weeks. Yeah, right. That was three years later, though, when he came and started wrestling again, though. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the end, DDP hits a diamond cutter for the win. Uncle Dave gave this a uh, star and three quarters. I just gave it two. Let's oh, it wasn't that bad. I gave it two. Yeah. I like what the hell shaved off a quarter. You're getting granular Chris pout- again. Chris is pouting afterward. Yeah, right. Well, now that you brought that up, after the match, DDP grabs a mic and tells Christian that he's proud of him. He says, even though you lost tonight, you didn't lose your temper. I am proud of 60,000 of your hometown fans. Right. <laughs> he made sure to hammer that home. <laughs> yep, he said he talked about how many people he he uh, watched that just watched him lose. And then he said, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Then Christian throws a temper tantrum as DDP leaves through the crowd, his old WCW style. I freaking love how uh, 
yeah, Jim Jim Ross like, oh, get the get the little baby a diaper, boo. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> put a diaper on him already. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he's like, somebody powder his bottom. <laughs> we now go backstage. Possibly my favorite segment of the night. It is Jonathan Coachman standing by with The Rock. The Rock says he wants Hulkamania and all of its glory to run wild on him. Then he mocks the coach for a bit before making him say his prayers. He gets <laughs> coach gets on his knees, puts his hands together. Well, hold on now. Up. Coach said he had gotten busy this morning. He couldn't. My first question was, how busy do you have to be? You can literally yeah. do it while driving, or <laughs> right. know, I just <laughs> I know you don't. It's not like you have to set it. Well, I have to set aside ten minutes. I, I don't have that the, time. I have to go to the church, my favorite pew, or it doesn't count. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, uh, let's see. And then uh, the, he, he makes the coach get down on his knees, put his hands together and he looks up and says, what up, Jay? Coach here. Just wanted to give you a quick shout out. <laughs> and the, then the rock. I mean, I think that counts. <laughs> right. Hey, everybody has their own Everyone's way. Got their own way. Yeah, right. The rock says, what in the blue hell was that? <laughs> and he calls him a sick freak and he kicks him aside. <laughs> Uh, then he then he says that the Rock is going to run wild on him, and says that Hogan will smell what the Rock is cooking, and he rips his shirt. I thought this was a cool segment, honestly. I always like the Rock's dynamic with basically every backstage interviewer. <laughs> I think him and uh, Cole were the best, though. They were good. Uh, you remember him, like all the stuff he used to do with uh, Kevin Kelly back in the day. I do. And if you didn't like that, please die. Yeah, right. They blacked his tooth. He, he called him Hermie. Uh, not that that would fly nowadays, but, you know. <laughs> well, I, I think he was calling him a hermit crab, dude. I, mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now we go to this. Speaking of why the hell is this on WrestleMania? But the setup for a thread throughout the rest of the night. So, you know, whatever. It's Maven defending the hardcore title against Guild Dust in three minutes and 17 seconds. It's insane to think that maven got a wrestlemania match yeah um, you know what though first of all they edited a song on the network and uh, yeah via the major pod i i heard that maven hates that song and never wanted it and i always thought it was cool it's like I, um, I, I thought that was the best part of his yeah, whole apparently he hated it I was mad he had to keep using it that was a theme song the season one of tough enough and then they just made him use it and i snow used it for a minute oh yeah uh yeah i don't know man i i dug it it they edited it but it's it's basically an instrumental of the song yeah, pretty much oh i couldn't tell much of a difference but you can tell uh, i actually have a jacks figure of maven believe it or not <laughs> i got it at like a at like a discount because it was like a peg warmer for so long they marked it down <laughs> i'm pretty I sure the major brothers are making a uh, bendy of them too i'm hoping to get that seriously yeah. of all the people <laughs> Are they friends with him? The, yeah, he's the good friends with him. He's been at all the Brian Myers Creator Pro shows. Wow. I didn't know he was still active doing anything. Yeah. Uh, good for him. But, yeah. Uh, still looks amazing, by the way, too. Oh, yeah. Does he... Is he one of them freaks that doesn't age? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> nice. It's easier when you're bald, I guess. But Goldust actually has a golden. Way, I like that Jim Ross made sure to tell us, by the way, missed that uh, a couple months ago or a couple a year ago, whatever. He was a school teacher. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, and now he's headlining WrestleMania, like, or not headlining, but he's now he's got a match at WrestleMania. It's like, yeah, that's freaking nuts. 
Uh, Goldust actually has a golden trash can and a golden gravel shovel. Not the same kind of shovel that uh, Cody Rhodes used on AEW. Everyone thought Cena and Triple H created that, by the way. Yeah, right. Oh, well, well. But you all feel (laughs) stupid. Right. Uh, In the end, uh, Maven and Goldust both blast each other with trash can lids for a double down. Spike Dudley runs in, pins Maven, and wins the hardcore title. Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I give it a star and a half. What say you? I didn't even rate it. It wasn't really a match. Yeah, it sucked. And it was move it was used to move on to the rest of the night, obviously. So I can't say it sucked because I only reserved that for matches. This was clearly just a segment to get to another segment. To get to another segment, to get to one more segment. If I think I got them right. <laughs> yeah. I mean well, it's stupid, too- yes, but I can't say it sucked because it wasn't really a thing. Yeah, I reserved that for matches normally, but well, as soon as uh, Spike wins the match, Crash Holly runs out and chases Spike through the crowd and to the back. So, <laughs> See? More stupid than sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's ridiculous. Uh, but we now go I always like Crash for... Holly in the hardcore division. I mean, the, no. He, I'm guilty he of funny. loving that as a guilty pleasure. Him and Norman Smiley, too. See, so I never got in is... Norman Smiley. I didn't care about him, but I did like Crash. I thought he was funny. It was just it was odd to see him. Right here in Hayward, by the way. Crash. Yeah. He <laughs> trained at the um, at the famous garage. Uh, was it garage? I think it was a garage that Great Collie killed somebody in. It's a true story. Wow, that's um, yikes. <laughs> I should that's preface that people bad. don't know. He didn't like probably didn't like flat out murder the guy. He it died no, in man. the ring training. People think I'm not glorifying it or anything. I'm just saying it happened. It botched, yeah, it was a botched power bomb, to my recollection. So it sucks, but it's like the you know how the uh, how Mizawa died over in Japan. Oh. He took one too many you know suplexes on top of the head, and that's all she wrote, man. Uh, but well, I mean, hell, Rey Mysterio drop kicked a man in the back, and was it was it was that Silver King that passed away that way? I don't or remember, was, but I do remember that now that you bring it up. I don't remember who it oh, was. Oh no, it was a uh, Pero Aguayo Jr. That was it. I I believe it was Pero Aguayo Jr. Uh, he drop kicked him in the back for the six one nine, and he hit the ropes and just laid there, and turned out he was dead. And uh, apparently it was just mounting neck issues and back issues, and he never got taken care of. He took one bad shot, and that was it. It's usually how it goes. It sucks. Yep. So, I don't know. We now get a live performance from Drowning Pool doing Tearaway. We then go oh, back. man, this was brutal, man. Oh, you didn't like it? I mean, no, it was brutal to watch because I know he's, like, on drugs and dying. and like He's uh, uh, missing a lot of the words, and it's just hard, man. Uh, I'll be completely candid about this. I fast-forwarded through the performance, so I didn't catch that. I but, mean, I yeah. like Drowning Pool, the band. And, and that guy was great, but man, he just brutal. It's even worse when Triple H comes out later. Spoiler. <laughs> Actually, see, everybody says that. I didn't – well, I'll talk about it when, we, when we get to it. But we then go backstage where Crash Holly and Spike Dudley are fighting. Al Snow tries to run them over with a golf cart, <laughs> and he runs into a bunch of boxes and ferries himself. Yeah. I want to mention those boxes real quick. I had some of my notes. Did you realize those boxes were literally just stacked in the middle of, do, of, the, of the place and – like, they weren't against the wall or anything, so clearly, you know, they were there just for that reason. Did you catch that? Yeah. Um, yes. I was like, why is this thing of empty boxes just piled up here for no you reason? Just a, you just put some boxes in the, in the back of any building, right? Of course, yeah. 
But after this, uh, the Hurricane flies in on a wire, kicks Spike, and then pins him to win the hardcore title. Yeah, they do the whoosh. I forgot they did that crap. Uh, But Al Snow then busts out of the boxes after Hurricane had already ran away. And that's when you get, that's when they expose that the boxes are in the middle of a thing, not against the wall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is so bad right here. It was goofy. Uh, Kurt Angle now comes to the ring and grabs a microphone. I know we went from that to Kurt Angle. Think about that. (laughs) But he he craps on Canadian figure skaters that apparently just won gold medals in the Olympics. I don't know anything about this, by the way. They did because they, I forget what happened exactly, but they accused the other country of cheating and they cried, cried, and they awarded them the gold medal. uh, Basically after crying about it. That explains the promo then, because he says he didn't whine and cry like Canadians to get his gold medal. He earned it. Yep. Uh, He then says that he's the big red, white, and blue machine. I like that line. (laughs) Uh, Eventually, Kane's pyro cuts him off. But now we get uh, Kurt Angle versus Kane at 10 minutes and 45 seconds. Before the match, Kurt jumps Kane with the ring bell. Jump start! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This match was an odd one. I feel like there weren't any good plans for these two. Kane chokeslams Angle, but Kurt gets his hands on the bottom rope. Later, Kurt shifts Kane's mask and hits the Angle Slam that Kane kicks out. Kurt ends up reversing a choke slam into a roll-up, got his feet on the bottom rope, and wins. Uncle Dave gives us two and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it three. I loved this match. It was really weird, but I loved it. Yeah. I was like, where I mean, the hell did this match come from? Yeah. Obviously, we're talking about Kurt Angle. It's like, okay, so you know, automatic two stars going out of it, right? But yeah, right. Great. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's that's the thing. But I don't remember the build up to it, honestly. Yeah, it feels like they had nothing better to do with these guys. So they just put them together and they're like, that's not a feeling. That's almost a guarantee. But yeah. And uh, my thing was like, how do you not have a big program for Kurt Angle at Russell? Well, he's going to get a pretty big one right after this with Edge. So like one of his biggest ones to date. So and he's headlining. It's also a hair thing, which, again, you know, spoiler for a minute here. Edge is in a hair thing here, too, so it seems like that was his thing. Yeah, I didn't even think about that until you just said that, but yeah. Uh, then well, he's going to get hurt right after this and be gone for a year. Wow. Well, he'd be headlining the very next WrestleMania after this, so. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, Edge would like miss said, that one and 20. I think he missed two in a row. That sucks. Uh, yeah, I know. It sucks, man. But we now go backstage to the Hurricane sneaking around with the hardcore title. And he, goes oh, into God. A, and he goes into a locker room to hide behind a dressing wall. I don't know what you call that thing, but you can, like, see silhouettes through it. And you, you know, just, like, it's set like up every, a wall. It's like every uh, seductive movie ever. I don't know what it's called either. Yeah. But uh, he goes behind there, and the Godfather's hose, not what I'm calling them. That's what they were called on TV. Walk in. No, they, they were escorts at this point, weren't they? I know they still call them hoes, so I don't know. But they walked yeah, in. Yeah, the whole thing where he said the Godfather's gone legit. <laughs> wow, I forget about that. Um, that was the whole premise of him coming back to the Royal Rumble this year. Right. Yeah. I. I like I said, I don't. I don't remember honestly any of that stuff. But uh, they walk in, start to undress. The Hurricane goes full Austin Powers by holding up a broom between his legs, like he's got an erection, and we see the silhouette of it. <laughs> Uh, the women scream in horror. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's not even here. 
the women scream in horror as they see this, and the Godfather runs in. He takes a broom from the hurricane and chases him around. Hurricane runs away. <laughs> uh, hurricane runs away, and the Godfather checks on his girls. Good lord. It's all real, by the way, guys. We're not making that up. Go watch. Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the next match, however, is one of the best matches of the night. It is The Undertaker versus Ric Flair in a no disqualification match. It went 18 minutes, 47 seconds. Uh, Uncle Dave actually said he feels like this had the best build of any match on the show. It really did. And yeah. It was. I'll often agree with that idea. Yeah, right. I, I don't remember everything leading up to the show. I was like, I don't remember why I was like in and out at this point, but yeah. Dude, David Flair got a, a brief showing at WrestleMania, like in the video package. Yeah, right. And then, well, around this time, uh, Ric Flair actually went down to OVW to team with David against uh, two people I don't remember now. But so that was kind of cool. It's, it's like, hey, sure, uh, we'll, we'll say it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure they had to do a lot of negotiations, you know, about that, where it's like, look, you know, you can use Ric Flair if you let us use David, you know, all right. Like, that's on, fair. Know. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, big star for big star. Exactly. Flair for Flair. It's, you know, same, same. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, Ric Flair gets busted open outside the ring. I know I was shocked, too. Uh, and the Undertaker. Open, like, buckets. <laughs> I thought the Undertaker had a cut under his eye, but I think that was just Ric Flair's blood that hit his face. Uh, which other guy. gross. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker pulls Flair up from being pinned at one point, but Flair ends up fighting back later. Undertaker ends up getting busted open by a lead pipe. Arn Anderson then runs in to spinebuster the Undertaker. Uh, Undertaker ends up beating up Anderson and busting him open. In the end, Undertaker hits the tombstone on Flair for the win. Uncle Dave said this was the best pure match of the show, but he criticizes the Undertaker for barely selling. <sighs> I... I don't know what to say about that. Well, he is the expert. He'll show yeah, you how to do it. So wait a minute. You're telling me the Undertaker didn't sell good enough. Okay. I, I, I don't know where to go with that one, but all right. He gave it three stars. I gave it three and a half. Let's say you. I gave it four. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't knock any opinion saying it was four for sure. I just, I don't know. I do think it was, it was the best match in the card. I'll say that. I really liked it. I like the fact that Arn Anderson and Ric Flair both got a Four Horsemen uh, WrestleMania moment. I remember really geeking cool. hard at that spinebuster when it happened live. <laughs> oh, dude, the crowd blew for it. Like, they were ready for it. I don't know. The match was the match was really good. Uh, and the next one isn't bad either, but it's another random-ass one that we'll get into. Uh, <laughs> we go backstage now where Michael Cole is standing by with Booker T. Booker's randomly wearing glasses. Uh, the feud between Ed, Booker T and Edge is over a shampoo deal in Japan. Yes. I'm not I'm not joking. Uh, I I made, I made this comment while watching it back. I'm like, you know, uh, if Booker T now with his like long ass dreads and stuff, his feud with somebody over hair, I can probably understand that. Yeah. But not what we've seen on the screen here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, right now, I he's got those so. long-ass dreads. I'm like, okay, I can totally see this being, like, a shampoo. Even though I think the shampoo thing is stupid, but I can totally see that in that, at least. But the hair yet here? No. Can you imagine how much money per, per like, month he spends on just shampoo? Yeah, right. Like, I can't even imagine. But either like there way. Are a few, there are women that are jealous of that man's hair. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Cole says Maybe Charles. Edge is... <laughs> wow. Uh, Cole says that Edge is questioning Booker's intelligence, and Booker says that he's wearing glasses and he aced the SATs, so he's super intelligent. He claims that he won an award in for his <laughs> high school thesis on his theory of relatives. And Cole says, "You mean the theory of relativity?" And Booker goes off on him before ending the interview. He says, "Well, he says uh, Einstein's theory of relatives." And he goes, "You mean Einstein's oh. theory of relativity?" He goes, "Shut up, fool! He had two theories." <laughs> <laughs> the hell! That was so uh, stupid. That well, was funny, but stupid. Revisionist history, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but we now get Booker T versus Edge. This one went about six and a half minutes. This seemed like a really good Raw match, in my opinion. There was seriously a dude. Uh, on, I bet you it was at one point. <laughs> right. There was seriously a dude in the crowd on hard cam that had a sign that said they're feuding over shampoo. <laughs> that sums up the whole match. Obvious Ed, sign is obvious, but it does. Edge wins with the execution. Uncle Dave says this match was dead. He gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it two and a half. It was fine. Say you. It was. It was okay. I gave it two. It was, uh, yeah. Probably the weakest match of the night that was decent, if that makes sense. And I can't believe that this actually had story behind it, but it did. So can't fault that. Yeah, right. I mean, it get, they get crap for not having any reason for whatsoever, and then they give it some. I mean, what are you do? Be a hypocrite? No, I don't like it though. I wanted it my way. Yeah, they got yeah. story. Let it go. Yeah, it um, it sucked. I don't know. And I'm using story in, in quotations, by the way. You can't see. <laughs> Air quotes, like Dr. Evil style. That's the second Austin Powers reference we got in on this podcast, so good for us. But we now go back to the loading dock where Hurricane and John with uh, Hurricane and Jonathan Coachman. I once wore a Hurricane outfit for Halloween, just like this, by the way. Not joking. Uh, I believe you. I have Coach- two, count them, two Mattel figures of the Hurricane. I have two, count them, two Jax figures of the Hurricane. <laughs> Uh, like, it's funny how they have two already of that. One's with the mask, one's painted. I think that was pretty cool, too. Uh, one with, are they both with short hair, or does one have long hair? One has long hair, yes. Ah, okay. That, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, they, they have the license to them, so they pump out two figures in a, year, like a couple years span. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, right. Coach asks the Hurricane if Godfather's hoes are really becoming of a superhero. Hurricane says that he's not a hurra perv before Mighty Molly walks up or flies up, I guess, and says, <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, she says, quick to the Hurra cycle. Then she bashes Hurricane in the back of the head with a skillet, you know, because those are always laying around and pins well, him you know, in the hardcore might have all those random boxes there. You know? <laughs> right. I, I don't know. That's uh, weird. It's a lot of weird placed stuff on the show, but either way, she grabs a hardcore title and runs away. So, woohoo! We now go to one of the most divisive matches of the entire show. It is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Scott Hall with Kevin Nash in his corner. It went just shy of 10 minutes. Uh, Austin is wearing his gold vest here, and I loved this. I always liked when he did, like, the gold or the red. Yeah, I did. There for a while, I think, did he stop when he switched back babyface? I know when he was a heel, he was wearing, like, colored knee braces. Yeah, he stopped that. And then he switched to the Disturb theme, too. Ah, okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, I couldn't remember exactly the timeline of that. But Austin jumpstarts this one, and Hall doesn't really get to come back until he throws Austin into a top turnbuckle that Nash exposed, 
Nash keeps getting involved repeatedly. Uh, Austin hits a stunner out of nowhere, and Nash pulls referee Tim White out of the ring and knocking him out from the banker's heart. <laughs> you beat me to it, damn it. It was literally in my notes. That's not wise. <laughs> uh, Nash holds Austin. Hall grabs a chair, but Austin low blows Nash and hits a stunner on him. He then hits a stunner on or on uh, Hall, that is, and then he hits a stunner on Nash. A new ref runs in, but Nash elbow drops him. Refs rush the ring and eject Nash. Hall then hits a stunner on Austin. Tim White wakes up, but Austin kicks out at two. Austin finally hits a stunner. Hall pops up. Austin hits a fourth stunner and gets the win. Uncle Dave gave this one star. I gave it two and a half. I did not hate this match. What say you? I gave it two. I'm always wondering why people hated this so much. I mean, it wasn't a fantastic match, and like, I guess you can make the argument that they made Hall look like crap, but I don't know. I liked it. No, no, Hall made Hall look like crap. Don't just, yeah. I'm just going to screw that. Right. After the match, Austin has a beer bash. Uncle Dave says, quote, Steve Austin, the biggest money draw in the history of the business, worked third from the top in a completely forgettable match, and he wasn't happy about it either, end quote. Uh, and uh, wow. this well, Chris Jericho approves. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't um, Dave's writing, by the way. A lot of this was corroborated by Austin, which is the only reason why I'm even bothering to read it. I guess the finish of the match was changed the day of the show due to Austin complaining. But even after the change, he wasn't happy. Austin flew home after Mania, missed both TV tapings in Montreal and Ottawa the following week. The original plan for the match was... Uh, I'd leave from Ottawa, too, to be fair, but... (laughs) Wow. Uh, the original plan was f- of the match was to have Hall beat Austin due to interference from Nash and X-Pac, who would be debuting as the newest NWO member. The plans got changed. Hashtag plans changed uh, to Austin yeah, winning. Found out about it. Of course. Uh, to Austin winning earlier in the week with plans to continue the angle after the show. But then on the day of WrestleMania, Scott Hall showed up seemingly messed up. At this point, Austin blew a gasket and demanded that to end the angle. So not only did Austin win, but he did it definitively, no questions asked. That explains why he pivots to a feud of Big Show and Ric Flair. Yeah, and that would also explain why he, like I said, he, I, I, I hesitate to use the word bury. He didn't bury him, but I mean, he was head and shoulders above Hall in every way in this match. So that I can totally get all that. I just don't get about anybody bitching about card placement on WrestleMania. That's my thing. Everything else I get. But you're on the damn show. Right. I don't understand that. People do that. I think his thing was because Austin was like the biggest draw and, you know, in the company. He'd been the top guy for the last couple of years. And now it's like, you know, but at the same time, I mean, I guess Hogan did it. But I mean, not everybody's going to main event every single year over and over and over. So he didn't have anything going at the time that was big enough. I guess you can throw that blame multiple places, but either way, uh, Austin was getting kind of burnt out at this time anyway. When would, he walks out later this year, doesn't he? Summertime? He does it twice, the one you just mentioned, and then... Right, then the big one. Two weeks before I went to a show in Oakland. Pretty mad about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, uh, was that the one, was that the show after they came out and announced that he took his ball and went home to cry? That was the show they announced it at, that the block returned at. Still this wow. day, one of the wildest ovations I've ever experienced. Yeah. Nice. So he was back from filming the rundown at that point. <laughs> and he was all the the, the new Hollywood rock. Yeah, I don't think it was a rundown yet. Yeah, because they said um, right after WrestleMania he was going to leave to film the rundown, or well, not right after, but they said 
summertime. Well, keep in mind, this was June, by the way, so. Okay. Yeah, I don't know exactly how long it would have taken. They said he was taking a few months off to film it. But either way, uh, we now get a video package for WrestleMania Access. That is, I, I just got to point out, Greg and I went to Access before WrestleMania 34. And if you've never been, you got to go. It's a hell of an experience. And it's more wide open, so... I'm going to go this year. Yeah. As, and, of this, as of this posting, I believe it's a week, two weeks. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but the, the good thing about it as well is it's more wide open. It's not like a, a smaller area like WrestleCon. So you, like the smell isn't quite so bad. <laughs> they have better ventilation. <laughs> I kid, but... Oh, no. Don't sugarcoat it. You're right. <laughs> Well, that's a, it's a, not even a COVID a, thing, by the way. I just don't want to be around any of them smelly fools. But. <laughs> I, hey, it's not even like – I thought it was maybe just you and I were let's like complaining or whatever. It's like, no, apparently this is a frequent thing. Every year before these conventions, I see people say it's like, listen, wear deodorant. Like it doesn't cost that much. You can literally get a like speed stick for a buck. And when we went to um, WrestleCon, by the way, in New Orleans, I don't know if you remember. There was literally a freaking – Walgreens, like two feet away from the hotel. You couldn't go there and get a stick for a buck. I know. Like a little, little travel one. So you need to do. Hell, I mean, I'll buy it for you. I'll pass it around. Just <laughs> you, you got dang Viking. So either way, uh, up next, we got for the WWF tag team titles. It is a four corners elimination match. It's Billy and Chuck defending the titles against the Dudley boys of Bubba Ray and Devon with Stacy Keebler in their corner. Roll tie yep. all the way. Right. Uh, they also have. They are also facing the APA of Bradshaw and Farouk and the Hardy Boys of Matt and Jeff Hardy. This one went just shy of 14 minutes. Saliva plays the Dudleys to the ring with Get the Tables from Forcible Entry. Uh, She's such a badass song, by the way. Oh, I know. I, I liked it. I, I like it a lot. I mean, I like I the one it. they used. I, I like the one they used before that, and then they ended up using it when they returned. Uh, yeah. That, that one's. This like, is clearly the sell the album but Bubba Ray did hold on to it for his singles run for quite a while too right uh Billy Scott's yeah. voice is just and I was saying this during it too I'm like man they need to get back together because saliva is not what they once were without Josie Scott Bradshaw ends up eating the 3D from the Dudleys for the APA to be eliminated first Stacy gets on the apron and shakes her ass okay Jeff hold on one... before you go on I got a point on the other hand here my notes did you realize they got eliminated quickly and then this match dragged on forever after one elimination. <laughs> yep. I yeah, was like, they gotta, wow, they, they were eliminated like an hour ago. It's still going. Yeah, I think <laughs> it was like, what, in the first two minutes they got eliminated? And then they're like, whatever, we get paid the same. <laughs> they don't get paid by the hour. Uh, but Stacy gets on the apron and shakes her ass at Jeff Hardy at one point. Jeff smacks her, uh, smacks her butt, kisses her against her will, Lucky and then shoves her, off, and then shoves her off, the, off the apron. Stuff that wouldn't fly in 2022. Uh, Billy shoves Devon off the top rope and through a table that the Dudleys themselves set up outside. So, you know, there's that. The Inside, old abyss thing before was an abyss thing. <laughs> right. Inside the ring, the Hardys hit the extreme combination on Bubba Ray and pin him. They end up hitting the extreme combination on Chuck, but Billy hits a famouser on Jeff for a near fall. Behind the referee's back, he blasts Jeff in the head with a tag title, and Chuck pins Jeff to win. Uncle Dave points out that Jeff Hardy looks emaciated and exhausted. Uh, I, this one, I couldn't tell about that, but 
he looked a little low key for Jeff Hardy, in my opinion. But I didn't think once the um, bell rang, he was good. Let me ask something. Did he, did he do this review as it happened? Uh, yes. So it's not in hindsight. Because in hindsight, yeah, because I think he's about to get popped for drugs and be suspended for a while, I think. But, yeah, it, we were two months. But I mean, I would, wouldn't base my opinion months. of his look here based on that. But Right. Well, yeah, I mean, the article pointed out because the article I read was in hindsight, but he wrote this as it happened. And they said, yep, in about two months, he gets his first drug violation. Yeah. So I know. But so to this day, man, 20 years later, literally 20 years later, still a thing. Yeah. <sighs> Did he leave WWE because uh, he was still doing stuff? This time or right now? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how that worked. Apparently he walked out of a house show and that was it. Huh. Wow. Amazing That's how little uh, you know when you don't look at that crap anymore. <laughs> Saw here was he left a, uh, left a house show. And then, of course, the young bucks apparently made fun of him on the being the elite. Something wow. like that. Well, I, I think Matt had said he's clean, but then again, you can't trust anything Matt says about him either because Jeff's own wife has went against Matt on Twitter about it because he was like, well, Jeff was, yeah. also his brother too. Let's keep in mind. Right. Well, the one time he was like, well, Jeff is going to retire from in-ring competition. And then Beth Hardy came out and was like, um, no, he's not. And then not like Matt, Matt's wife's a saint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I forget that. Right. <laughs> it's all messed the up. Fam- the whole family, oh. man. And then Jeff flat out said, yeah, I'm coming to AEW. I'm excited about it. And I was like, yay. Well, take I, away more time from FTR, except yeah, for the one match I, they're going to have. Yeah, I know. It's like, I, look, I love the Hardy Boys, and I love Jeff. I love Matt, but I, I don't care. It's 2022. I just, it's literally 20 years after this. The Nostalgic Act is worn off, too. I know. They did it in TNA. They did it in WWE multiple times. I just don't care that. Or, you know, I, I don't care anymore. Too, don't oh, yeah. Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half for average. Let's say you. I almost gave it one, but it's like, yeah, it was decent. I'll give it two, but definitely forgettable. Yeah, it was. I mean, why, why wasn't it? I remember building up to this. I am like, why wasn't this just Billy and Chuck against the Hardys? That's what it looked like it was going to be. Right. They're like, well, we got to give something for the APA and the Dudleys to do. No, I, I get that. I mean, those yeah, were two top not teams. They were, yeah, but I don't super know. Over. Because the Hardys had just done the whole thing when they broke up. They fought and match, and Lita was the referee, and they got back together. And... Right. So, you know, I mean, that would have been a cool story to bookend. But... Yep, I know. That kind of sucks, but either way. Uh, backstage, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are standing around. Hall says that Austin got lucky, and he's really better than Austin. Nash says that they're going to take their frustrations out on The Rock now. Hollywood Hogan then comes up and says that he needs to do this alone to prove that he's still the man. And he says that he's going to bust the rock just like he did with Rocky Balboa, you know, <laughs> in that move in that <sighs> movie from the 80s. He's got a always got a shore in that and the Andre body slam and something. You notice that? Uh, um, yep. I know. Well, my thing. That's funny. It's not like he's a one hit wonder. He's only done those two things, you know? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's Rocky like, was his I most mean, successful movie. I don't beat you off the but, show, but, you know, it's, it's like on Married Children now. Bunny kept going back to four touchdowns in one game, four touchdowns in one game, because that's all he's ever done. Like, yep. Hogan's like a million things, and these are the two things he lives on. <laughs> I know. Well, my my other thing is, it's oh, like, okay, okay we're, we're simulating reality here, pretending like this is real. And then he brings up what he did to an actor in a movie 
that is fake. <laughs> like, okay? Oh, it's like, like, you know, what you did when they and scripted also, you to throw them around. And also, in the movie, this is like Inception, dude, because in the movie, it comes out, and at the end of the match, uh, he was just messing around with Rocky the whole time. And remember yeah, at the like, end? Was what the hell was that? Yeah, I was like, so it's, like, it's like a fake of a fake of a fake. Like, I'm trying right. to hurt my head thinking about this. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but when he walks away, Nash tells Hall, that doesn't mean we're not going to get involved. So, yay. Uh, Mighty Molly, I'm still mad, by the way. Okay, and I'm biased. And I know you'll agree with me on this. Nash should have had a match at WrestleMania. It was BS yes. that he did not. Yeah. Because, well, honestly, at this point right here, and I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure he was in better shape than both of those other two. The other two. Yeah. Um, well, Nash has always been pretty course. damn good shape. He's never let himself go. Well, the reason he didn't was because, and like like I brought this up before, they weren't sure that Hall was actually going to show up. God, that's so horrible. Need, yeah, so they needed to keep Nash available in case that he needed to fill in for Hall against Austin. Look, if Hall is that unreliable at this point, oh. why was he not the other man with Nash? Uh, but up next, Mikey, uh, Mighty Molly is sneaking around backstage and goes to walk through a door and gets the door slammed in her face, knocking her out cold. It turns out that it was Christian behind the door. He says, stand back. There's a new champion coming through. And then he pins Molly to win the hardcore title. <sighs> Again, going back to what I said earlier, you said sucks. I didn't call it sucks because it's stupid. And I can equate that with hilarity. OK, I. Yeah, that's why I was like. I don't think it was stupid. It sucked. I think it was stupid, but it worked. Yeah. Well, I was like, yeah, it kind of did. It was dumb as hell. I'm not going to say it's great, but man, you know, I think we said this on the previous pod, like most Adam Sandler movies are stupid, but you laugh. So, yep. <laughs> so oh, that's, yeah. why, that's my same attitude today with the 24 seven titles. Dumb as it is, funny stuff happens. I love our truth. All the stupid stuff he does, you know, and it's like, yeah, as long as it's not being taken up valuable time, it's just happening in the background. Who gives a crap? <laughs> yeah, it's Hollywood Hogan versus The Rock. Went almost 16 and a half minutes. The crowd absolutely blows for Hogan. You can just feel this one as the crowd blows the roof off the Sky Dome. And Jim Ross had no uh, no choice but to acknowledge it. Did you catch that? Yeah. Because you can love him or you can hate him. It's clear there's a lot of people here that love this legendary figure. <laughs> of course. I mean, you know, uh, what were they going to pretend they're not cheering the crap out of well, them? They, they kind of did when the booze were Roman and the the cheers with Becky was bad. So, you know, they have a history of doing that. Yeah. There were a few. Like, do you remember uh, which WrestleMania was it? It was uh, uh, Cena and Triple H. Was that 24? 22. 22. 22. Well, 24 uh, as well, but they had Orton in the match. But yeah, 22 is them too. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah 2022, 20, every t- like, they just flipped. Triple H yeah. was the biggest baddie around until they get to WrestleMania, and then they were cheering the crap out of him, booing the hell out of Cena. And they didn't uh, acknowledge that, to my knowledge. Uh, no, they kind of let it go. That's, yeah, it's something like that. Why I point this out? Yeah, they flat out said it. People are yeah, cheering the hell out of Hogan. Well, I think it was because they knew where they were going with Hogan, but we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, about halfway through this one, the crowd actually turns on The Rock, booing him, even with Hogan playing the heel. Was it just me, or did The Rock look genuinely stunned a couple times? He's like, are they booing? A couple times, but I mean, they had to have been expecting it, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember leading it. I remember uh, watching this with my buddies, and like, I feel like I was the only person there rooting for Hogan. I was going nuts for him. Was the promo? <laughs> I, I remember the promo they, around. 
Oh, so when, he, when he came out, though, the place blew. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the majority on this one. So you guys can stick it. <laughs> right. Uh, I, don't, it, brother. I, I don't remember. I don't remember if it was before this or after the show, but uh, the rock had a promo where he's like, you got to quit chaining rock and Hogan because it, it blends together. It sounds like Rogan. It's just it's weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Either way, uh, it's Rogan. It's the, the hair thing for men, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but Hogan's still playing the heel through this one. He's I mean, he hams it up a couple of times, but mostly he's doing heel stuff. But then again, like you and I pointed out. How can you tell with him sometimes? I hate Conrad. <laughs> right. Uh, the ref gets bumped at one point. He eats crap from the rock, dude. It was Kyoto, uh, right? Was it Kyoto? I think so, yeah. Is that hashtag hard body ref? Or, no, that's... Uh, no, that's... Uh, yeah, Road Dog's brother, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to say that's Steve? Steve Armstrong? Yeah. Scott. Scott. Scott? Okay, so Steve yeah. was the the Southern boy. Yeah, he was the Southern boy, and then... Uh, okay. The other one that passed away, which uh, sucks, but um, Scott, oh, the one no, that, Brad, Brad, Brad. Yeah, Brad. Uh, but either way, this one, after the ref gets bumped, Hogan taps out to the sharpshooter, but the referee is out. The crowd chants Rocky sucks before Hogan hits a low blow into a rock bottom on the rock himself. But the rock kicks out at two and a half because the referee's up now. Hogan takes his chance to whip the rock with his weight belt, a Hogan staple. Uh, rock takes his. or uh, him like a rock, government dog. What the hell? Uh, the rock That's what Tantino said belt. at Mock TR, remember? <laughs> uh, rock takes the belt, uses it, spits on it, and then throws it away before he hits our rock bottom for a near fall. Uh, Hogan hulks up after this. The crowd blows again. Even commentary is like, whoa, he's hulking up. And then he hits the... Jerry, Jerry Lawler couldn't help but fanboy during this. Did you catch that? Yeah, I know. He's like, I'm hulking up again. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. This uh. was, Waller still had something at this point. Uh, but he hit the big boot leg drop combo, but it's only a near fall. Crowd is going insane by this point. Well, it's by just the way, Jim Ross, Jim Ross yelling, he beat on the giant in this move. Like, he really had you thinking it was over. Yeah, right. And, and normally it is. That's usually this is, a... This is, in my opinion, prime Jim Ross, by the way, right here. Oh, yeah. Well, it's usually big boot leg drop. Say goodnight, Tracy. You know, uh, say goodnight, folks. We'll see you next week. The crowd is going insane. Like it's it's literally deafening at this point in that arena. The Rock ends up hitting two rock bottoms in a row, a people's elbow, and that's all she wrote. Uncle Dave says that Hogan's babyface turn after the match was planned because the WWF saw the writing on the wall weeks ago. Uh, they realized WWF fans don't want to boo Hogan, which is hard to argue. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it three stars. I gave it four. Not because this was like oh my gosh, the like it was just like the greatest technical thing I've ever seen in my life. But as a complete package, I say four stars. Let's say you. I'm right there with you. Even more because after knowing Hogan was legit her going into this that we talked about earlier in the pod. Right. But I mean, I, I already said four before that anyway, so it's even crazier to think about that. I know. And then you think about The Rock had a, I mean, it wasn't the same injury, obviously, but it was a rib-related injury against John Cena when they had a similar style of match years later at WrestleMania. So it's uh, and and all all things come around, man, because at the end of that one, he did what Hogan does with this one. Uh, but a chorus of boos rain down on the rock as he celebrates his victory. That was funny. Hollywood Hogan squares up with him in the center of the ring before extending his hand. The rock shakes it and goes to leave. And then Scott Hall and Kevin Nash come to the ring and beat Hogan down. Rock now runs back out to help him. 
Hogan finally gets up, and both he and The Rock dump Nash and Ho- uh, Hall out of the ring. Hogan goes to leave, but The Rock calls him back into the ring because Hulk must pose, pal. They eventually leave together, and Hogan holds the, the Rock's hand up, passing the torch symbolically. Yeah, passing what? the torch for the guy who's only going to wrestle a handful more matches in his career. <laughs> I know. You think about Ho- Hogan oh, yeah. has a Hogan wrestles almost just as much longer as The Rock does. <laughs> Nuts to think about. We now go to WWF New York, where the Big Show holds up a little yeah, girl. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, the Big Show is there because they couldn't squeeze him in, and he holds up a little girl and shouts, WrestleMania, baby! Woo! <laughs> yeah. This was this was actually in a lot of play-up packages, by the way. Like, do you remember this? I do. I, I'm like, why do you take this clip for, like, everything? <laughs> but Whatever. Uh, now comes a point She's in the show. Somebody's Howard... kid, probably. Right. Now comes a point in the show where Howard Finkel announces the record attendance of sixty-eight thousand two hundred thirty-seven. <laughs> but what does Uncle Dave say? That's what I want to know. Uh, will I don't know why actually... you inflate this? But <laughs> right. Well, actually, it was only sixty-five thousand. I was told by a bathroom attendant who, by the way, peed next to me. Oh, the hell! <laughs> I didn't say it was you. No, I'm not a bathroom attendant. There's nothing wrong with that, but... Yeah, right. I, I didn't say it was you. Yeah, you're not a bathroom attendant. What are you talking about? I'm just saying he has a lot of meat suits in the bathroom. too germaphobic to be a bathroom attendant. Yeah, right. I, do, I do, I've heard they make a great amount of money if you go in the right spot, by the way. So I'm not yeah. knocking it. Here's a towel. Here's your hand towel and your pee mint. There you go. <laughs> Give it to the pushback, please. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, that would be a poop mint with him. But now we go to... Sardines. <laughs> The let me up match of the night, as uh, apparently yeah. WWE likes to call it. <sighs> Man, this was J- I see. I completely forgot that this match existed. So I was like, oh, yeah, this was a thing. Uh, it was Jazz defending the WWF women's title against Trish Stratus and Lita. Uh, it went for six minutes, 16 seconds. I feel a bit bad that the women have to follow Rock and Hogan. Uh, yeah, Trish, the- I remember how uh, Pritchard said, well, it's Trish's hometown. So she's in our in a good spot. I'm like, no. <laughs> right. Like, I'm going against everything I just said about the card placement. I don't care about that. I'm just simply saying, though, she, like, nobody cared at this point, man. There are certain points in the card you don't want to be. Like, um, if I remember correctly, was it Drew and Roman at 35 that yep. horribly placed? Yeah. I think it was right scary. after Kofi. Yeah. That, and that crowd. And I can tell you, having been there, I was deflated after cheering for Kofi winning. I was, like, done. And Dude, you know, I'm a, a, I'm a Roman Reign mega fan, but I was just, I had fan. nothing left. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I was a, I was a mega fan for Drew. I felt bad for him, honestly. Two years in a row, I felt bad for the guy. Uh, but yeah, he, dude, nobody cared. You could have heard a mouse pissing on cotton at that point. I was he like, cares, this is bro. horrible placement. <laughs> right. They should have put something there that was like, eh, who cares about this? But I don't know. Either way, Trish does not yet have her iconic theme. It isn't quite the peak Trish that we all remember. That would come next oh, year. Oh, well. <laughs> wow. Uh, Jazz overpowers Lita I have a figure of this, by the way. No, I don't. I'm looking for it. Sorry. No. Oh, chase figure of this. I've seen, not this Trish, but I've seen a lot of Trishes in stores lately. In the, yeah, think, it's the pink it, one. Right. Yeah, yes. that's the one I have. I'm looking for this one right here, which is the chase of that figure. Right. Yeah, I remember now. Uh, you refresh my memory on that one. Uh, but Jazz overpowers Lita and Trish all match. Lita tries to double lead assault them, but Trish puts her knees up. 
Jazz ends up pinning Lita after a fisherman suplex off the top. Uncle Dave says during the match and at the beginning of the Jericho Triple H main event, fans began filing out of the building in droves, which I think you said you know somebody that was there and they confirmed Yeah, that. one of the major marks said that he was uh, watching them all leave and questioning, why the hell you leave? It's not over yet. Yeah. And I, Just trust me, it's over. <laughs> See, when they showed shots of the stadium, when they pull out, like it didn't look like there were a ton of missing people. But Yeah, I said the same thing watching it back. I'm like, I'm looking for all the people leaving. I know. I don't see any of them, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. I guess in a uh, stadium that big, it's like a few here, a few there. It doesn't, you know, you don't notice it as much. But uh, obviously, it wasn't like a whole section picked up and left, you know. Right. But Uncle Dave. No one on the floor and, left, I'll tell you that, because you can see they're full as hell. They're... Yeah, right. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this negative star. I gave it two stars. I actually thought it was halfway decent for the time they had. What say you? I gave it two. I thought Lita had a good showing. Yeah, I mean, they all kind of, they, you know... Trish is still kind of green at this thing. point. Kind of crazy to say, but she is. She is, but she didn't look bad. Like, I've seen some matches. Oh. We've reviewed some matches where she <laughs> she had a horrible outing. I know what you're getting at, but... Trust me, she never looks bad, but... <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, was it just me, or did, did Lita just look, like, super happy to be there? Like, when she's coming, she yeah. kept, like, stopping. Yep. Like, halfway down the ramp, she'd stop every couple of feet and look around. I had this in my notes, too. It's... I hate to follow it up with this, but she's about to break her neck and lose a year of her career, like right after this. Yeah. We're talking like the next day or close to. Wasn't that yeah. show Dark Angel? Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. That's a hell of a way to, you know, mess up your neck. But yeah, and then she returned. I think that's when she returned. She was just never, I mean, she, she wasn't bad, but she wasn't the same. Oh, definitely not. Although, now, a couple weeks ago at. Commission chambers look pretty damn good still. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially for being out as long as she – she definitely had some ring rust. But, I mean, for being out as long as she has been, yeah. Also helps you in wrestling. One of the best women on the planet. Right. <laughs> well, in the parking lot, Christian is walking out to an awaiting taxi. He looks at his hardcore title. He's bragging about being a winner as Maven sneaks up behind him. He hits a schoolboy, a la the 24-7 title. He pins oh, Christian. Apropos, by the way, schoolboy. Right. Yeah, well, good lord, I just thought of that, yeah. He pins Christian, grabs the belt, and hops in the cab. He takes off, waving the title at Christian to taunt him as the cab drives away. Christian screams, no, as he pounds the concrete. <sighs> yeah, I didn't, th- obviously, if you inject any bit of logic in any of this, it kind of, like, stuff falls apart. But I was just thinking, it's like, why did they care so much about this title? Is it a pay bump? Yeah. Like, I kept saying the same thing. I'm like, why does everyone want a title where people are constantly chasing you? I literally yeah. said that this past Monday when it, when it broke out. Like, why does everyone want that damn title? Everyone wants, wants to kill you for it. Yeah, I know. You got the nerd brigade chasing you at all times. Well, and the other thing is, on top of that, it's like back in the day, they used to – it was like, well, if you if you are a champion, you get a pay bump, and you get you know more sway in the backstage and whatever. Now they kind of don't pound that home as much, especially with something like this. It's like, is that a thing? Because it looks like you just get chased around by geeks. Like, that's sure. Right now, as we speak, it's uh, mainly Dana Brooke, Reggie, Akira Tozawa, and Tamina. That's a who's who right there. Yeah, that's a that's a list of guys that you know when they guys and gals that you know when they come out, man, that crowd goes mild. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, of course, there's a lot of truth as well. People go crazy for him still, kind of, but yeah, he's I mean, he's fun, but everybody else is like. <laughs> Keep in mind, R-Truth is a former NWA world champion. I was going to so. say, he's actually good. It's not, you know, this is just fun. 
which just... is which makes me sad that he's doing this. But I mean, whatever. <laughs> Not like he's going to have five star tear down the house matches at this point. So whatever. He's getting paid. I think at this point, that's all you can hope for. <laughs> hey, man, but, brothers got to get paid. Got to respect it. Right. We're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the capital district, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. And we're back. Drowning Pool performs the game from Forcible Entry to bring Triple H to the ring. People claim that the lead singer forgets the words and starts shouting time to play the game over and over, but unless they edited it, it sounded fine to me. No, he did. I mean... It was rough. <laughs> Did they edit it then? Because I didn't hear I that. I don't think so. Go back and listen uh, to the song. Now, okay, I will say this. When you know, if you've ever seen a band live, they don't stick to the actual lyrics all the time. You know, they add a little, little bit, but you can tell he forgot the words. And like I said, dude, this guy's three months old. And it sucks saying this. He's three months, four months, something like that, away from overdosing and passing away. His freaking yeah. shirt says something about praise the devil, smoke crack. Go back oh, and watch God. it on here. I'm not joking. It's what it says on his shirt during this performance. Yes. And I'm not trying to laugh at it. It's not funny. But no. I'm saying, like, clearly the guy had problems. In my opinion, I think this was Drowning Pool's best lead singer. Uh, just, Easily. Yeah. I mean, the second one they got was not bad. I liked, um, because they get Drowning Pool to do, uh, 
was it 20 or 21? That they it was did? 20, yeah. 20, no, yeah. 21 sucked. That, that theme song was horrible. Ah, uh, that's um, right. I remember. Uh, but yeah, they got 20. They got it off of the uh, Punisher soundtrack. Yeah, that song Rise Up. That that song was fantastic. And I that oh, whole Rise album up was, was really good. for SmackDown. This was. Oh, oh then what the hell? Step was, Up. Step Up. Step Up. Okay. Yes. I think yeah. they did Rise Up SmackDown. That's funny you said that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I got him confused there. But yeah, they did step up for WrestleMania, and it was awesome. It was to this day one of my top three favorite WrestleMania themes ever. Yeah, for sure. They they have they've had like I think they're on their fourth lead singer at this point. So that's like it's dude. Revolving door. I know. But anyway, this one is Chris Jericho with Stephanie McMahon in his corner defending the WWF undisputed title against Triple H. And this one went 18 minutes, 41 seconds. This is probably the, was all the way live. Yeah, you don't say uh, you, you're like the because I'm considering myself the second person to mention it because uh, our mutual friend texted me about it. And then you said that. So it's like, yep, that's a consensus. But this is probably the best shape Triple H has ever been in. And he's got that Starcade main event tan right now. Hell yes. He put Hulk Hogan to shame with that. tan. He was <laughs> dark, dude. He looked like um, Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder Dark. All right. Holy crap. <laughs> he did. Uh, but Jericho was the home country hero, but Triple H was actually the one getting cheered the most. I know, babyface and heel, whatever, but you'd think the Canadian would get cheered. But nope. He did have some support in the crowd. I saw a sign where they uh, they replaced the well, Maple Leaf with him doing his pose. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I was like, this is also WrestleMania, so it was probably like, 10 15 percent of the people there live there that's true yeah uh and well and triple h just came back from injury here didn't he mm-hmm. yeah so I, he was a this was probably the most over he'd ever been as a baby face was right here well, i don't think there's any probably about it but either way uh stephanie raised triple h's eyes at one point leading to triple h grabbing her jericho accidentally spearing her and then triple h throwing her into the ring he attempts a pedigree, but Jericho missile drop kicks him. Jericho works on Triple H's uh, surgically repaired leg throughout this one. Triple H tries to pedigree Jericho through an announce table, but gets back body dropped into the other table. Jericho grabs a chair behind the ref's back, but Triple H kicks it into his face and DDTs him on it for a near fall. Stephanie now gets the chair and gets into a confrontation with uh, Earl Hebner about it when he takes the chair from her. Triple H finally grabs her and pedigrees her to thunderous cheers. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It's like, yeah, he hit the woman. Uh, He's been but, trying to for weeks, by the way. So building up things. Like, when's he going to finally hit her with a pedigree? Yeah. What, what is it with with uh, Stephanie's got to get hit by a dude at WrestleMania? <laughs> uh, a la WrestleMania 32, anybody a out tough there? Tough-ass woman, by the way. Right? Uh, not as tough as her brother, but yeah, t- definitely. The whole family, dude. They just like, they know how to take an ass whooping. Dude, Linda got... Freaking petty, uh, tombstone on the damn stage. Remember that? Right. That's crazy. They've all taken a huge hit. <laughs> they did laugh, though, because they were like, if you look, they're like, uh, you know, Glenn Jacobs was like cradling her like a baby because he did not want her even slightly getting hurt. Uh, finally, Jericho jumps off the middle rope to a boot to the gut. Triple H hits the pedigree and wins. Uncle Dave gave this three stars. I gave it three and a half. I thought the match was actually really good. You know, it suffered from... Main eventing after the real main event, obviously, but I liked it. What do you say? I also gave it three uh, because I do know they have a five-star match coming up 
in two months. So, um, what uh, what show is that? Hell and Cell, Judgment Day. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that one was really good. That is the infamous one where Tim White gets taken out and never wrestles again. <sighs> yeah, and then that leads to the Mr. White. That's not wise, you know. Yep. Videos we get. But the crowd blows for Triple H's victory as he celebrates the best he can on one leg with two title belts as they close the show. Uncle Dave thinks that this was a step down from last year's show. I mean, okay, yes, but that said the benchmark, right? I mean, which like, would be top of the year after this, by the way. But that's not fair, right? That's like saying, like, uh, man, that was the greatest thing ever, and this is just good. Like, it's kind of a step down. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't saying that the matches were bad, per se. I think he was just saying they weren't as good as previous okay. matches they've had. And he said the worst one within the past year? Yeah. <sighs> and I don't know. I, I hey, don't Triple have H a list in front of me, so. So within the past year of this, Triple H was in a match with Kane at Backlash. Or no, a tag match at Backlash. Um, match with Kane at Judgment Day. And then he's gone, and he's in the Royal Rumble. Um. So his worst match in the year was like four real matches. <laughs> that makes no yeah, sense. I guess so. so he said that. So, so I'm going off his logic here. So this was his best one or worst one at three. So every match I just named off was more than three. <laughs> I guess. I right? don't know. Yeah. I Kurt Angle, I could totally see it because this match was good. But I mean, I, I'm assuming he had better pay-per-view matches before this, like all year. But I could be wrong. I don't know. All through 2001, he was doing the Alliance stuff, mostly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't get this nah, idiot's I mean, logic. So, this I mean, is Triple H's worst match in a year. He's only had a couple, and those were all apparently more than three stars to him. Going off yeah. his logic. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever. And Kurt was about to blow the doors <laughs> off here in about uh, <laughs> six months-ish. I feel like he becomes the real Kurt Angle when he loses his hair. So, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so For sure. Uh, uh, but he said a lot of stuff felt off. It was clear that the crowd was there for one person and one person only, and everything else felt almost insignificant in comparison. Can you go back to my uh, Canelo comparison when people go to a boxing fight to see him? Nobody right. cares. Nobody cares, bro, about everybody else. So, <sighs> yeah, I mean, the solid show was built around that match. Yeah. And I mean, there were other feuds. The main event feud was was a thing uh, he did, you know. He criticized saying it was like, well, Jericho's just kind of there, even though he's the champion. It's mostly about Stephanie versus Triple H. Like, eh, I yeah. guess I can kind of, I guess I can kind of see that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I, I suppose that's a valid criticism. Uh, I'm not one of my notes, by the way, I, I forgot to mention during that match, I was getting mad how audible Stephanie was. That's all you hear the whole match is her yelling, Jericho, yeah, Jericho, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, yeah. Turn off the damn microphone, that camera. <laughs> she was annoying. Uh, I mean, not as annoying as, you know, like uh, old school Heyman or uh, the, the worst ever is Bill Alfonso. Easily. But that was how just the hell because RVD or Sabu shoved that whistle on his throat. I know. I was like, how did you guys put up with that for years? He was like, yeah, sure. Blow that whistle. I'll match. Like, good Lord. And it's ECW. It's not like you're saying you're getting paid well for it. <laughs> and they're not in an arena where the sound carries or something like it's mm-hmm. like in a tiny ass little building where, you, you know, that's loud as hell. But anyway. That is, uh, that's that for that show. We're going to take our final break, everybody. When we come back on the other end of this break, we're going to go into our final ratings and tell you what's to come on the podcast coming up after this. 
Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. We're back. Final ratings time. Uh, Internet Movie Database gave us 7.8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.93 out of 10. Really freaking brutal, man. That's a huge gap. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10 for a B. Uh, I I love the show. It, not every match was amazing, but I, all in all, I love the show. What say you? I gave it an A minus. I loved it. Yeah. It I would, forgot how much I loved it until I watched it back. It would definitely be in my top uh, top five. Um, top I, five. I mean, I <laughs> right. I can't think of any off the top of my head now that I'm like, oh well, you know, all of these were so much better than it. I mean, I can think of like. Obviously, 19 the, and 17, like it was sandwiched, but right. Yeah, um, I think 20 was better. I might uh, disagree might, with that. Yeah, I don't know. I have a I have a love affair with WrestleMania 20, but that's just me. See, I have one with 22 and a lot of people like that. What, really? I, I love 22. I thought it was great. Uh, I'd have to go back and check that one out. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, and WrestleMania 35 was damn good. This past WrestleMania, I thought was really good. But, uh I don't know. All in all, X8 coming was, up. This one coming up is going to be amazing. Um, I'm looking the forward biggest to match for ever. Reasons. You're talking about Pat McAfee's match, right? Oh hell yeah, dude! You joke, but that could easily be a five star match. The guy has like never had a bad match in his life. So he's not he what two. Show. Yeah, still. Yeah. Right. Hey, if you're yeah, bad yeah, a thousand. Yeah. Bad a thousand. Okay. Right. And and Austin Theory is not a bad wrestler. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun this year. Watching with a friend. Uh, it, well, I'm watching night one with a friend. Uh, night two, I'm 
going to be sad and alone on my own, but uh, either way. I'll be watching but, both nights with a friend. Yeah, right. Yeah, was, somebody's going to be deep in the heart of Tech's ass. So that's going to be you. Probably, I believe, the best seats I've ever had at WrestleMania. Nice. And our New Orleans picks. ones are pretty sweet, but these ones are dead center right under the, the, the freaking big screen. Like, oh. Nice. Yeah. Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> but yeah, that does it for that, man. Uh, that is our second of three WrestleManias we're covering this month. Up next week, though, it is double main event week. I'm excited about this because, ah, man, we got to talk about this show. It's our next stop on TNA through 2007. It is Destination X 07. Yikes. Uh, and I'm not saying the, the, the show There's a couple of good things in there. Yeah, no, it wasn't like uh, what we covered last week. Uh, that was that was pure suck and indefensible. Uh, next week, like I said, we're going to be, first of all, covering uh, Destination X 2007 from TNA. And then for the bonus show, it's NWA's Clash of the Champions 1. So where it all got started, I am actually looking forward to watching it. I've never seen the whole show before. I have seen the the infamous match, you know, Flair and, Flair and Sting, where... Uh, Flair made Sting a superstar. I mean, I, he I, did, but you know, I think that people don't give Sting enough credit for actually performing the match too. Oh, well, I yeah, I mean, Flair just did it. Like uh, Sting was damn good himself. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. Once he was handed the, uh, you know, he, he had to have the trust of uh, everybody. I mean, Flair trusted him. Where it's like, I'm going to do this for you and kind of put you over, and you have to not suck and actually be worth it. So Flair could see that in him. Sting obviously became a gigantic legend. He's a Hall of Famer, still going to this day, which just blows my mind. Not like he's wrestling every single week, but the fact that he's going at all blows my mind. Not only that, by the way, I want to point out, by the way, even after this, it's taken two years to get the title, so. <laughs> oh, my God, I know. <laughs> Nuts. Slow burn, man. Uh, also, I want to point out, I don't, think, I don't know if you said it or not, but with the next week's show, we will be dropping a watch-along. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yep, uh, watch-along to a company... <laughs> Destination X 2007, and man, was it um, well, it wasn't good, but it's uh, for the purpose it's, it's of the show, I saw this match twice. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it was something. I that's that's all I can say. It was something you will all have to tune in to see what the hell we're talking about. It's uh, if you know, I think you know which one we did, and no, it was not the main event, which was actually good, by the way. Uh, but we're closing out the month. You're better, people. Right. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today, Greg. And we will see you all next week for Double Main Event Week. It's Destination X 2007 and Clash of Champions 1. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 